<laughs> Hello, my little chickens. Hi, everyone. Episode 17 of the Gym and Tonic Podcast. So today we are going to talk about, uh, let's say, overthinking, sweating the small stuff. Um, I, I kind of I kind of get it in a way because sometimes it's very easy to focus on the little things so it distracts you from the bigger picture and from you actually taking action okay and the reason I know about that is because that pretty much sums me up and that sums me up in probably quite a lot of areas of my life in fact um I'm I'm doing uh, my Pilates teaching course at the moment and you know, the, the main um, part will be my practical assessment on Zoom, which, you know, has a lot of factors to it that are um, new to me, i.e. filming and, and having the right setup in the room, you know, having a space for my mat and actually obviously uh, producing a class to teach to four people online. So, but I've actually spent most of the time stressing about the paperwork and the fact that I can't fill all the information I need into a box. And um, I've spent a lot of time on that side of it when really um, I've got plenty of time and I need to be focusing on actually teaching my class. So it is something that I do. Um, we are gonna talk today about, you know, it when someone is, um, I'm not going to use the word uneducated. When someone is inexperienced in the world of diet and exercise, and they come to us and they say, listen, I uh, I need to drop a dress size or, or lose body fat. I've got a terrible diet. It affects my sleep. Um, it affects my, uh, my functioning, i.e. I get brain fog, all these things that normal people can have. Um, that they want help with so with people who are new to all this they can already unfortunately be quite influenced by uh, either their best mate's boyfriend's mate who's a PT or Marilyn down the road or Suki by the river or <laughs> there'll always be someone who who knows all about this stuff and can really help you yeah so what we get is a person who doesn't know anything, who then starts <clears throat> asking you about their macros um, and the milligrams of carbohydrates they should be allowed uh, a day and what time of day they should eat them um, and what type. And all these tiny, tiny little details, which stops them every single day for the first couple of weeks they work with you from actually doing anything because they're almost like sweating the numbers and they're not actually going, do you know what? Let's keep it really basic, like you said. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll cut that up from now on because I don't need that in my life. It's making me feel rubbish. Uh, I'll get an extra hour of sleep a night. Uh, I'll add a walk in every day, see how I feel after a week, reassess, move on. Yeah, keep it really simple. No numbers, no nothing. Um, and what happens is when people focus too much on being a scientist, if you like, um, when they have never done this before, it's really hard. And, you know, I'm not a scientist and I struggle with a lot of that stuff myself. So for me to pass all that minute little bit of information onto people is very hard for me too. 
Um, and the bottom line is that they're probably never going to really understand it uh, and it will hold them back. Uh, it will create a lot of wasted time, uh, a lot of wasted energy and probably create quite a lot of stress and worry because rather than just looking at the, like we just talked about before the call, like rather than look at the overall, look, you're feeling rubbish, you're not sleeping well and you've got brain fog. Let's keep a food diary for a week. Let's look at the overall, what is it I can see in your food diary that is making those things happen, the brain fog and the lack of sleep, okay? You're probably gonna pick out caffeine. You're probably gonna pick uh, out the fact that they only eat beige food. They don't have any vegetables. They, that sort of thing, very simple. You're not gonna go, ah, oh, it's because you have two ounces of carbohydrates before you go to sleep, clearly helping, not helping you, yeah? Um, or, you know, oh, I can see that you're only having two bits of chicken a week. So clearly you're lethargic because you're just not taking in enough protein. You know, that, it, it's a bigger, bigger picture than that. You know, we're lucky, we can look at someone's food diary, things will jump out at us straight away. You'll see a pattern. And then you'll see where that pattern leads to the sleep problem. And you'll see the three o'clock slump where the brain fog kicks in, what's been going on up to that point. And we'll, we'll be able to understand that but we won't start throwing numbers around. We'll make some small changes, yeah? So today we just want to talk about, you know, taking that step back, letting your personal trainer or the person you're working with who's helping you um, lead the way and, and to simplify it for you. Don't get mixed up in all the tiny, tiny details. Trust in what they're saying. They, they can make this very, very easy for you, okay? Um, so I'm going to pass it over to the boys because I know they're, they're both itchy, got itchy little pants today to get chatting to you guys. Uh, yeah. I'm going to start with the big T. He's coming on now. Um, I think you said something really, really important there, which um, I'm sure me and Paul will get into in a minute. But when you talked about, like, your, you know, your personal trainer looking at your food diary and all that kind of stuff and things jump out, I still think there is there's room there for people to take advantage of people who aren't educated at that point. And I see it a lot with, unfortunately, we see a lot of personal trainers. We see it a lot in the supplement industry. We see it a lot with these so-called gurus, right, that will basically be trying to impress you very quickly so that you are like what that wow factor so then you sign up for whatever that you're that they're trying to sell you right and so by doing that what they do is they they say oh well actually it's that two grams of carbohydrates before you go to bed and no one else would have caught that but my system did or my expertise did and that's what's going to make the difference now and that you need to stay with me because of this right and then they've got a product that is able to to move it and then you fall into, and I'm probably going to let you have it in a second, because I know you're going to be biting to get into this. But then what happens is you get sold these products that, again, are focusing on like that 1% of things that you really won't see any result, any difference in your physique, because they're only making a 1% difference, if that. But because you've been wowed by this to start with, and you have no other foundation of education to, to, to judge it on, you can yep. keep consuming that bullshit all over all the time. Yep. And then people drop off. And Paul, I'm gonna let you jump in and, and keep going on that. Cause I think that's a big danger we see. Massive. 
Yeah, and, and basically people like that um, are what I would call in the industry cunts because what they're actually doing is oh, they're yes, just, just how long, how how quick was that? That was like four words in. Um, but what they're, what they're doing and the issue that I have with them is they are utilizing pseudoscience, which if you want to Google it because it's a big word, it means fake science. And I, I'm wary that I may sound like Donald Trump at the moment, um, but hear me out so they take pseudoscience they take the concept of something which has been disproven but sounds good and sounds plausible and they use it to trade off the back of it um there's people out there there's a guy called v shred who still trades off of um somatotypes which was disproven in the 1940s um you've got your herbal life and your juice pluses and all these pricks who are like oh yeah 24 different types of nutrients in our shakes and breakfast the most important meal of the day and then you've got your intermittent fasters that are like oh if you eat after this time or before this time you'll get so fat you'll die and basically what they're doing is they're taking concepts that have been bandied around as could this be could there be a link between this and people being overweight and often there is a link between the two of them and it's normally that people who are overweight have a pretty shit diet and pretty poor eating habits um but the biggest link between obesity and anything is that people who are obese are eating too many fucking calories but you get these dickheads who they they, they blind people with fake science in order to as tom said lure them in and be like oh yeah if you just focus on this tiny little insignificant thing you're going to get these great results um and it's just like an, industry, it's like an industry secret. They always do that. There's like, this is the industry secret, or this is something that most people don't know about. And it's like, well, yeah, most people don't know about it because it's not it's, it doesn't work. It's not a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 it, that that's the most alarming thing out there. And I think something we want to talk about in this podcast is what's like known as the 80-20 rule. And I've I've written like shitloads of notes. So um we'll jump between all of us. But for me, I think that rather than trying to pinpoint that one minute percentage of what might be the root cause of an issue be that the time of day that you eat or be it the yeah how how much protein you get in in anyone sitting or whatever it is you're far more likely to get sustainable lasting pro like progress if you take a big step back and you worry less about all of these little tiny factors that as tom said may have a fraction of a percent or one percent or two percent improvement on your overall physique and pay closer attention to as shirley said the bigger picture ticking boxes in terms of making sure that actually if most days you're eating pretty much the right amount of calories for the amount you move for your goal if most days you're getting pretty much the right amount of protein in throughout the course of the day if your tracking accuracy is pretty decent and again there's a big difference between tracking accuracy and tracking consistency i think yeah. tracking consistency is all about making sure that again 80 20 80 20 rule 80 percent of the time you're tracking everything that goes in your mouth every now and then you have the odd day here and there where you don't track as you don't track that much consistency accuracy is where i wouldn't apply an 80 20 rule to and that's how accurately you put stuff into uh, my fitness power whatever it is that you're using because if you're only putting stuff in with an 80 percent accuracy level that 20% actually in that context creates a much bigger opportunity for things to go amiss. And, and the best example I can give, I, I had a client that I was coaching for about six months. I've spoken about it before. And after the first couple of months, progress dropped and then started going backwards. But on paper, 
was ticking oh, yeah, was perfect. Yeah. Protein was perfect. Activity was perfect. And then it turns out that there was there was two coffees from Starbucks and uh, and, and like a pastry or whatever, pretty much every single day that wasn't being tracked. And over the, like it was like seven hundred odd calories almost every day that wasn't being tracked. Wow. And it's two drinks and a pastry. Oh, it's not that much. I'm normally under my calories, but 750 calories when you're aiming for a 500 calorie deficit is if you don't have to be a mathematician to work out that. Doesn't that just lie into yourself though? Yeah. And, and ultimately we do though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, and people, people will, you'll, you'll point the finger elsewhere. You'll be like, it's not me. It's my thyroid or it's not me. It's, uh, it's the time that I eat. Oh, I'm, I have a busy work life schedule. Genetics. It, yeah. My genetics is my favorite one because <laughs> like, five percent of the world's population are either blessed or cursed with genetics that either significantly aid or horrendously hinder their ability to either gain or lose um and i think five percent is being is being generous there as well it's more about one percent like yeah i I like to go five percent just to you know satisfy some people who are like oh i might be in that group like you might be you know Um, we're not but yeah i think some of the things that I've learned from a coaching perspective and probably seen from a, from being on the other side of things, obviously I work with coaches. I've had a prep coach. I've had PTs and countless times over the years is if you're firstly do your research as to who you're going to invest your money with, because if you're investing money with somebody who's basically blinding you with bollocks, um, you're not, I wouldn't advise what I'm about to say uh, with people like that, because as I said, from the outset cunts, um, but if you've done your research and the person you're working with is not blinding you with, with pseudoscience, is actually breaking things down into basic principles and is helping to educate you and helping you to understand the mechanics of what you're trying to achieve. If you're paying that person, leave it to them to dig into the, into the finer details. Um, I've lost count the number of times I've had clients on check-ins be like, oh, I've been looking at this and I've crept over on my carbs and I've been a bit under on my fats and I've done this and I've done that. Do you think this makes a difference? Should I do this? And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'll analyze your performance and I'll put things into perspective because nine times out of 10 with all of the clients that start to try and dig into that level of granularity, they're getting great progress. And it's like, they almost feel like it's their responsibility as the client to come up with oh how can we make it better and it's like let's just look at this holistically from a bigger perspective here you're a smaller individual you weigh less you're feeling better you're more active than you were you drink more water you've got a better balance to your diet that's all you need to concern yourself with the finer details in terms of eking out a little bit more progress or you know making a plateau last a little bit little less longer and that kind of stuff that's my job. I'll look into the, the the details. I'll look at it and go, oh, okay, yeah, we haven't seen as much movement on the scales. What's fiber like? Yeah, yeah. That stuff. But and- it's, it's this is where the danger's at, though, isn't it? It's because if you have someone, an expert that knows what they're doing when it comes to training and nutrition and how to get results, when somebody gives a plan to an individual who's not an expert and they are actually an expert, it looks too simple. It looks too basic, right? Because in order for you to make progress with your physique, you need to make very simple changes to your nutrition and you need to make very simple progress with your training. It's just, and you're not, and 
if I, I would say this to anyone who's listening to this, who is, is thinking about investing in a personal trainer or a nutritionist or whatnot, if you get a plan that is complicated, that person doesn't have a clue what they're doing. Because if you're getting a plan that's very simple, it's very easy to follow and it's, and it's very basic, most likely it's going to work because it's suited to you and it's going to progressively adapt and change as you progressively adapt and change, right? And, you know, I've seen all these, these plans where it's like all these drop sets, supersets, all this kind of stuff. And then you've got all this like these fancy diet stuff that people are putting in. And quite frankly, if you're just reducing your calories on a regular basis, you're going to be reducing your levels of body fat on a regular basis. And um, it is really is that simple. And but I think people want and believe that it is a very complicated subject so that when they see these things come out and it's like these magical fat burning pills or this this new system of intermittent fasting that torches belly fat. They're like, well, it must be this thing I need to go to because it doesn't seem like it's that easy, but when it really is. And that's what's created this market for it. Yeah, completely agree. And I think as well, um, what tends to be part of, the, um, part of the issue is we've got, you have two avenues for comparison. You have the, the product-based, which as, as we've touched upon is, is normally going to pick up on a concept and they're going to base their marketing around that i mean herbalife is the best example if you speak to any herbalife rep breakfast is the most important meal of the day which is great for someone who majority of their business is selling a breakfast shake um, mm -hmm. it's amazing what they'll tell you is the most important meal of the day when they're financially incentivized to you um, yeah. but then on the flip side of things you've got the the fact that and we touched on, on previous ones the the fitness industry in terms of your competitive physique models or, or, or physique competitors where they're hailed as the pinnacle of fitness often their methods and their approaches are then hailed as essential for the average person so you end up getting Dave who's 37 and goes to the gym after work three days a week that wants to drop a bit of his dad bod and cut down on his drinking and starts thinking about carb cycling mm. and it's like no no <laughs> If you want to drop a few pounds, Dave, don't worry about carbs, carb cycling, maybe just take up cycling. Um, <laughs> like these things play a factor when you're looking for fractions of a percentage improvement. But when you're an average person who just. <laughs> that, was that was brilliant, mate. <laughs> you got me a show that just came to me. But when you're looking, when you're just looking to make simple improvements and improve your overall health, the most important thing is to tackle the bigger pictures. Make sure each meal has got more variety to it in terms of colours on the plate. Make sure that you're tracking your calories and you're just being more mindful of what you eat and perhaps how often you have things like takeaways. Like yeah. You don't need to get into the same level of depth that you'll see from a, a physique competitor who's on like week 18 of a 20 week cut and they're you know they're, they're approaching peak week and all of their carbs have been taken out because they're literally trying to effectively dehydrate their body as best as possible so they look as lean as fucking possible like that's that's for 90 percent of people looking to improve their fitness that's just not required and no, i would say 99 percent of people are looking to yeah. improve their yeah. fitness but i think as well like people who might be listening to this right now, they're like, okay, well, that's all great guys. But like, what do we do then? You know, like what, what, what are we supposed to focus on? If we're not supposed to focus on carb cycling or on 
all the other stuff you talked about. And for me, it's very simple. There's three things that I would say to everyone that you focus on doing. One, look at your nutrition and just start to, to break it down, okay? You don't need to break it down into even the macronutrients at that point. You just need to look at it and go, what am I eating? How regularly am I eating? And you know, then you start looking at maybe calories. That'd be the first thing I'd say, right? So you, you focus on how much am I eating on a weekly basis and you go from there. You can then go, once you've got that down, you can then start to look at your macronutrient breakdown, which again is very broad still. You look at your protein intake, and then you start to play around with your fats and carbs and just make sure you get the minimum requirement of fat, right? And then you could potentially start looking at, right, well, then I need to add some more you know, variety into my diet. So the, so the micronutrients are there, but you don't need to break down what micronutrients you're getting and what you're deficient in. You just need to make sure you're getting whole foods and you're probably going to hit most of your micronutrients. So there, the first thing I would be doing is looking at the food I'm eating, go, how many calories am I eating? Then once you've got that down, you understand how to track calories. Then you go, right, what, what do I need to focus on? Macronutrients, prioritize protein, get your minimum amount of fat in your diet, and then play around with fat and carbs. And it's as simple as that. And then just make sure you're having a decent amount of vegetables in your diet and, and some fruit. And that, for the most people, is going to be absolutely spot on nutrition-wise. And then when it comes to training, where I think a lot of people over, like they overthink training, and we've talked about like energy in versus energy out, right? And we know that the actual amount of calories we, we expend through exercise is so minimal. It's like from the average person, probably like 5%. For someone who's, who's quite active, is about 10% of their daily calories burnt. So you're looking at something that is not really shifting that much, but it does play a role. And it does, you know, especially if you're weightlifting, it does start to mold how you look just by simply turning up to the gym on a regular basis, you're going to start seeing results. Even if you have no idea what you're doing. And then once you start getting that in, once you start being a bit more consistent with, okay, I am turning up for the last six months, I've been turning up. Then you can look at maybe the type of exercise you're doing, maybe the split that you're doing. Maybe you look at the sets and reps and the amount of volume you're doing in a week. But again, just play around with that and see what you like doing. Because ultimately, if you listen to a PT that tells you have to do it this way. One, they don't know what they're doing because you don't have to do it anyway. There's to, to create hypertrophy. There's a lot of different ways to do that. And you can, and, 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 and there's lots of ways to personalize that for each individual. And then, you know, then you would potentially, if you're, if you're maximizing everything you could possibly do in the gym, like then you could start looking at the 1%, like you potentially add in some supplements or you could potentially look at like, like the how many rest days you're getting but that's that's years that's like 10 years down the line that's not for the average person that's going three or four times a week just be consistent turn up and then the last thing i would say is once you've got your nutrition you've kind of basic made that pretty basic and you made your training pretty basic and sustainable then look at your rest then like how much time am i giving my rest am i actually allowing myself to recover i'm allowing this to stay fresh so I'm still enjoying this. I'm not overdoing it for where my levels of comfortability are. Because I feel like most, most people, they get super excited when they start these, these fitness journeys, right? And they burn out real fast because their PT says, right, you got to do 150 burpees um, every day, every morning just to get going. And that person doesn't want to do it. And so like eventually they say, no, I don't like doing it. So I would say make sure you're, you're feeling refreshed when you're walking into the gym. So you're giving yourself enough rest in between. Your sleep is good. Because if you don't sleep enough, 
you're not going to feel motivated to go in one train, but two, you're also, your hunger level is going to be all over the place. So you're, it's going to be harder to stay with your nutrition. And I would add in on rest. I put hydration under that as well. Just make sure you're drinking enough water. Just like, again, like to get two liters of water over the course of a day, it sounds like a lot of water. It's really not. Like if you're doing that from when you first wake up to when maybe an hour or two before you go to bed, you're not, you're not going to feel like you're drinking a lot of water if you get the two liters in um, and you split it up. And there's a lot of different ways that you can make water taste better. Um, and I think for me, for anyone who's looking to, to like, maybe when the gyms open up and they're like, okay, I want to take my fitness seriously and I want to get into, into shape, you know, which fit team am I going to choose or what fat burner do I need? They just simply need to go, right, I need to have a look at my diet. I need to make sure that I understand how many calories that I need roughly. Because again, I think calories is a good one for us to talk about as well. It's like when people say, right, you need to eat 1500 calories, you'd be in a deficit. Well, when you look at energy balance, calories in doesn't work on itself and calories out doesn't work by itself. They work together, right? And so like if you're consuming 1500 calories, but your energy expenditure is going up and down on a daily basis, then your energy balance is going to be slightly different every day because you're burning more calories on a Monday than you would be on a Tuesday. And so it's, it's not an exact science. So trying to be absolutely bang on with the calories that you're eating every day is unnecessary because you're not bang on with your expenditure every single day, no matter how much you try. Yeah, that, I think that's a really valid point. And it's, it kind of plays into what I saw. So I said at the start is the fact that actually if we if you just look at being consistent over a longer period of time at doing the basics well, mm. you're far more likely to succeed. And as Tom said, you know, the, the, the basics you want to really nail down is calorie intake, first and foremost. Uh, and again, from a nutrition perspective, it's you know, calorie intake, protein intake, getting a good amount of water. Um, mm. If you can do those things consistently, the majority of the time and you can be patient then that is going to play a significant factor in getting progress and then quite rightly training wise it's about doing what you enjoy if you've got specific goals of how your body wants to look then yeah you're probably going to want to structure your training in a way that is going to elicit that kind of response so if you want to be built for speed and you want to have very much performance-based goals from more of a cardio-based perspective i expect you're probably going to spend a lot of time doing cardio but if you yeah. want to have a particular shape to your body, like women quite often want, you know, the tiny waist, the, the, the big ass. Guys obviously normally want broad chest, broad back, big shoulders. You're going to need to lift weights and you're going to need to make sure you're doing it in a way that's going to be reflective of what you're trying to achieve. Um, but again, but you, don't don't overcomplicate. you don't need to overcomplicate it. You don't need to go crazy. Yes, there's things you can do to make your training a bit more interesting, but the fundamentals of it are you, you need to put your body through a certain amount of activity of stress to uh, you know to elicit the response from it that you need and the sooner people take that bigger step back and go right what are the basics am i eating in line with what i need to do am i training in line with what i want to achieve and am i getting enough rest you're far more likely to achieve stuff i mean i i lose count the number of times where i get asked by clients things like oh should, should we be putting my calories up because of xyz or my favorite question i ever got asked was um i've started i've started um i think it was like tea i've started drinking like more tea during the day 
And I, I worked it all out. And I was like, well, that could be like another three, four hundred calories by the time you've added like milk and sugar. And they're like, oh, should we put my calories up to account for the tea? And I'm like, no, that's not how it works. Like mm. overthinking it, like your calories stay the same. Like if you want to drink that much tea, you've got to find you've got to find those calories it's from somewhere else. Yeah. And getting people to understand the simple thing is that if you're you know, the easiest way to meet your calories is to get plenty of variety in your food. At this, if you don't really want to address the quality of your diet, you need to accept the fact you're probably not going to eat as much as you want to eat. Yeah. I was just going to say, talking about consistency, I, I would say I'm not very good at sticking to people's programs. If anyone writes a program for me, I'll do it for about two weeks, then I'll pick holes in it, then I'll take stuff out I don't like, then I'll stop doing it. Um, and that's pretty much what I've been doing for a long time. So, and, and I need to change that this year, Tom. <laughs> Tom! <laughs> but what I will say, is just, what I will say, which is quite interesting, is that my consistency since November, when the lockdown happened, of not drinking enough water, um not training um and not having a great diet um has been remarkable and admirable on my part i would say <laughs> and 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 the thing is i it shows very clearly what that has done so i've kind of seen both ways but what do you, i don't know what's your advice i mean sure i mean i think i think paul would agree with this i think he sees this very similar to how i see it like when you say I'm not very good at st sticking to people's programs, yeah. but, like for me, it's not whenever I, whenever I give my clients a program, it's not my program; it's their program, right? right? And so I'm the I'm the expert. I'm the person who's educated. When I create a program for somebody, it's created with them. So I have one. I have a questionnaire that they have to fill out, and they have to give me all the information that I need. But then I also have an hour consultation where I sit with them and I say, what do you want to do? What do you not want to do? Because if you don't like doing this, you're not going to do it. I'm no. just basically taking their information and saying, okay, here are some non-negotiables, right? If you want to lose weight, you've got to be in a calorie deficit, right? You can't have a program where it's like, I want to lose weight, but I want to eat 3000 calories. Well, yeah, so do I, but it's not going to happen because that's just the way life is, right? But we can look at going, look, you've got to eat 1,500 calories roughly to be in a deficit. What kind of foods do you like? I recommend that you have X amount of protein. What protein do you like? I'm not going to tell you you need to eat salmon and turkey and all this stuff. Because if you don't like turkey, why on earth would I put it in your plan? And so I think as an industry, for like personal, I don't really like the word personal trainers. I think we are coaches because we're more than just someone who trains someone for, for 30 minutes or an hour a week. We have to provide knowledge and we have to be able to be educated enough ourselves to be able to put a plan together that you feel you've created. I'm just helping you create a plan. That's what my service is. And that's the same thing I think Paul was in the same way. It's like, you know, if you don't like doing bench press, you'll never do a bench press on any of my programs because why on earth would I put that in? Because it ultimately, I want to get you results. That's what I'm in this business for. I want you to, I want you to get results. There's a thousand different ways you can activate your chest. So we don't need to do a bench press. And there's, there's multiple sources of protein. So you don't need to eat chicken if you don't like chicken. And I, <laughs> if anyone who tells me like, oh, I can't stick to this plan. I don't like the plan of personal training. I was like, they haven't done their job then. You know what I mean? 
Paul? Yeah, I think um, the two points that um, you've both made there that I want to sort of hone in on. Firstly, if we stick with the program, for me, when I write a plan for some, a training plan for somebody, even the nutrition side of things, for me, it's never fixed. You know, we, yeah. we put it, but that's where we start. If we find that after the first few weeks that there's parts of it that aren't quite right, that we don't really like, we can't get on with, we swap it, we change it. And it evolves over time because, you know, the big, the, the reason why I do that is because, like Tom said, if you don't enjoy it, you're not going to stick to it. And long-term adherence is what we're all after because for me as a business, I want long-term adherence because I want money in my bank and I want progress for my clients because they've trusted me to get it. And my clients want long-term adherence because they want to reach their goal. And that's not going to happen if they're, they're giving up after two weeks. So I, I'm always of the mindset that if if you've worked with a coach or a PT and they've written you a plan and you've gone to them and said, um, I don't like this bit, this bit's not quite right. Can we play around with it? If they're quite rigid and, and they're like, no, that's the plan, probably, not, probably not the best coach to be, uh, be working with. Um, the other bit I wanted to talk about is... Okay, Paul, before you go on to your second part, yeah. Something really important there as well. Like, that's why we do check-ins. That's why we talk to you on a, a consistent yeah. basis. Because I'm not about under any circumstances do I think that everybody who signs up for a program or signs up for a service knows what they like. You know, it's like if I say to them, okay, well, they, they say I want a bigger chest. And I say, well, okay, we'll do dumbbell bench press. I don't know, like whatever, right? And and they say, Yeah, okay, cool, I'm gonna do that. Two weeks in, they find out they absolutely despise doing the exercise. They need to tell me. Like, I hate it when I do a check-in with someone and they're like, yeah, well, I've been struggling with this for a couple of weeks. I'm like, why didn't you text me the day that you were struggling? How quick How quick can I change that on your program? It takes me literally 30 seconds to go on my laptop, change it and send it back to you. And it's like, it should be always a rolling document, whatever you're doing with, with a PT. And that's why we do... That's why I don't like it being personal training. It's a coach because we're there, honestly, like 24-7 at times, yeah. it feels like, in order to make sure that that, because that consistency is what we are going to rely on for you to get results. If yeah. you're not, if you don't like what you're doing, you won't be consistent. One, we don't make any money because you drop off. And two, you don't get any results because you could be, you have the best program in the world. Science backed, everything makes perfect sense. If that person doesn't like it, it's not the best program in the world. I completely agree. I think the last point that I want to make, because I think we've got about three and a bit minutes left, <laughs> is the negative consistency comment that, that you made, Shirley, is this is the bit I want to hone in on. People look at what they need to do to get results, and they have this notion, we've spoken about it before, they, they believe they need to be perfect, like perfect, and they need perfection to get there. It's all about consistency, just in the same way that when what's led you to become overweight or obese and need to do something isn't that you've been perfect at being shit mm. you've, you've just been consistently over yeah. like every meal hasn't been bad you've not dodged salad every single day for the last five years like you will have eaten and had days where you didn't eat that much you would have had days where you probably your calorie intake matched your energy expenditure you would have had days where you've you've drank quite a good amount of water but you've had more days where you've done the opposite and it's the same principle that it just needs to be flipped on its head when you're looking for progress. You don't need to drill into carb cycling and all of the minute points. Work out what you need to actually do, the fundamentals that are going to actually play the biggest role 
calorie deficit, good amount of water, good amount of protein, decent training, and do it consistently. You're not going to be perfect every day. You'll have the odd days here and there where you eat too much, where you don't train. You'll have the odd session that you miss. You'll have, you'll have the odd day where you, you get to 6 p.m. in the evening. You're like, I haven't had a single thing to drink today. It happens. We're human. But if those are in the minority, you're going to get progress. And I think that's what people need to take that step back and understand. You don't need to look for the the magic bullet, the thing that no one's ever thought of or the the mystery approach that you know is the industry's biggest kept secret. You've just got to be fucking consistent and not a twat 90, 80% of the time. Be yeah. a better 20%. Fine. Do it. And so that but 80% of the time, just try and be you know reasonably on track. But this is what I mean. It, it does work. And I, and I think once I found what worked for me uh, those years ago, like you said, it, it was always 80-20 with me anyway. Because I, like, I do like my wine at the weekend. You know, I, I, that's my bit of downtime. I used to have a, when I was like really on top form and we were training all the time at 180, um, we had a cutoff point of around about sort of midday, one o'clock on the Saturday. And then from there onwards, it was like, you know, if we, do, if we did fancy going out for a burger or a couple of beers in the afternoon, then that's what we would do. But we both looked amazing and we both felt great and, and we were in really, really good shape. And then, of course, when the consistency stopped um, and lots of changes happen and life takes over a little bit, um, you know the difference. And I think when you've been through that enough times, it, the evidence is there. Consistency is key in diet and in uh, lifestyle and in training, and that's it, really. Yeah, completely agree. I, I, you know, and I just, you know, like I said, I, I do need someone to kick my butt. And I've said to Tom, when we go to snap, he's going to kick my butt for me. Challenge accepted. I'll have to wear some, those padded, padded shorts you wear for cycling. So <laughs> Just get used to counting gram by gram because we are going to look at every carbohydrate you consume. I'm going to make sure that nothing goes in our 8 p.m. And if you do, it's not my fault you don't get results, all right? And you buy my fit tees as well. And my keto things. Oh, wait, it's going to be a hoot. Well, I think we're done, aren't we? So, guys, thank you so much for your input today. It's been fantastic um just to say to everyone you know like we said think about the big picture think about your goals be very specific and just make sure you talk to the right person we're always available if you want to reach out to us um you know especially now with the gyms opening again and you know people are going to be thinking about their health goals for the next year um and maybe not feeling at their best right now and yeah we just want everyone to know that Keeping it simple is best and long-term uh, is the way forward So uh, to get the results that you want. So we, uh, I'm just gonna put it out there actually, I just thought about this very quickly. Um, you know, we want to hear from you about any subjects that you would like us to talk about in the future, um, because it's always good for us as well, because it gives us something to research, look into for you um, and discuss amongst ourselves and find out um, how we can help you best if you've got any questions or, or anything like that so please do reach out to us on insta um or facebook and let us know what you'd like to hear about so anything else you want to say guys before we go i mean i just like i, th I want to say thank you to everyone who actually listens to us like yeah we've got especially after the last week's episode where we're you know we're, we're doing these kind of real talk episodes where we're just kind of opening up and you know yeah. paul, paul you and myself have opened up 
on this more than I think we ever thought we would. Um, <laughs> but the feedback that we've got from people has been really nice, you know. And so yeah, yeah, it has been. Yeah. You need to give us feedback, whether it's constructive criticism. By no means do we think we're experts at this quite yet, but um, we're getting there. But uh, yeah, I just I think it's nice to appreciate the people that actually take the time to listen. Hopefully, we're helping. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. completely agree. And it's, it's mad to think that before Christmas, I didn't really like to speak to anyone about how I was feeling and now speak quite openly on this podcast to literally tens of people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, which, is, which is good. So hopefully it helps. And uh, again, just to reiterate, um, Tom and, and Shelley, obviously, thank you for those that do listen. And equally, if there's stuff you want us to cover, uh, yeah, get in touch, whether that's topics that you're unsure about, things you're struggling with yourself, or equally, if it's just things that you've seen in the industry that you know are, are bullshit and you'd love to hear our take on it, then um, yeah, reach out and, and we will we will tackle it. We will either uh, shut it down, raise it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks ever so much. Yeah. Thanks, guys. And I'll speak to you both very soon. Yeah. See you later. Happy. See you later. Peace out.